You are listening. You are listening. You are listening to the Fly Fishing ninety seven podcast. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. For, well. The easy one, I mean, I would say a dream day in Mexico, which I think is going to be awesome or, or whatever the big, you know, future trips coming up. But, but right now, I mean, I've talked a lot about this on the podcast. I'm, you know, the Deschutes is our kind of big home river and summer steelhead. And like you, it sounds like, you know, you're kind of in the desert. The Deschutes is on the east side of, of the Cascade Range. So it's in the desert as well. And, you know, an August day on the Deschutes, it could be 90, 100 degrees out. And just so waking up in the morning when it's cool, that's the amazing thing, right? You get up before it's even light out. You get your coffee on. You don't even eat a, a full breakfast. You just, because you know you're going to have two hours of nice steelhead fishing, fishing some amazing run with a chance to hook into a crazy fish, right? And and so that's it, man. A little bit of coffee, maybe a little bit of a snack. And I'm out there in the cool water with my waders on swinging for summer steelhead. This week, we are going to say hello to Mr. Dave Stewart. Dave is out of Portland, Oregon. He is the host of the Wet Fly Swing podcast. Also hosts uh, Outdoors Online Marketing podcast. A busy guy doing some pretty cool things, and uh, we have lots, lots to chat about in just a moment. Uh, top 10 cities for downloads this week on the podcast. Thanks, folks, for listening. In Shadron, Nebraska, Salmon Arm, British Columbia, Burlington, Ontario, Top 10 cities also included Cannon City, Colorado this week, Surrey, B.C., Portland, Oregon, Bozeman, Montana, Dutch John, Utah, Toledo, Ohio, and Auburn, Alabama. Thanks, folks, for tuning in. Welcome to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast, featuring interviews with passionate people within the fly fishing industry. We focus on guides, conservation, resort managers, gear, and talented fly tires bringing usable information to fly fishers. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by The Fly Crate. Theflycrate.com is your source for all things fly fishing. The Fly Crate offers a monthly fly club. We select patterns every month for your home waters. With membership, you'll receive flies created to match the hatch in your area, along with the Fly Crate's guide magazine, the convenience of having flies delivered right to your door, some sweet stickers. Discover new patterns and start stocking your fly boxes now. Theflycrate.com Here's your host, Mark Hopley. Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in this time around, folks. We appreciate it. And we're stoked to have on the program Dave Stewart. Now, Dave is based in Portland, Oregon. He is host producer of the Wet Fly Swing podcast. He's got another up-and-coming podcast that we're stoked to talk about called the Outdoors Online Marketing Podcast. Dave, thanks for coming on the program. Yeah, thank, thanks for having me, Mark. This is awesome, man. I've been listening to your show, and I think it's one. I think we we're on a similar line, so I'm excited to jump into this. Well, we're gonna get we're gonna get into all kinds of things today, and I know you and I have lots and lots of avenues we can kind of go down. But I always like to start the program off by finding out a little bit about your history and how you came to discover fly fishing. You want to walk us through that journey a little bit, Dave? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's. It's it's kind of it's pretty simple and kind of funny because um, my dad was actually a, a fly fishing guide most of his life, or at least from the since the time I was born, <clears throat> and and he is a big name in our area. And I it's kind of interesting because when I started this podcast, I wanted to do it all all on my own, so I never told anybody who who I who my dad was, right? Just because I'm kind of doing my own thing. But yeah, he pretty much taught me everything I I knew and um, from the very beginning. And so I've been, yeah, you know, since I was whatever I can remember, I've had a fishing rod in my hand and uh, the Deschutes River has kind of always been the home river. And Mm. I've been, you know, I started helping guiding on his trips when I was probably 12, you know, 11, 12 years old and just kind of didn't stop from there and somehow ran into the podcasting down the line. So (laughs) that's a long story short, you know, but that's kind of how it came to be. That's, that's a perfect transition. Why don't you tell us from this passion for fly fishing that you developed from such an early age. How did you come to start the podcast? And you've been doing this longer than I have. So um, walk us down yep. that road. Yeah, yeah. So it's been kind of a cool journey, you know, and I, I had somebody early on ask me a guru on the, you know, when I was learning about kind of online marketing and stuff. And I said, um, what's your best word of advice? And she said um, at the time, enjoy the journey. And it was like, cause I was kind of thinking, man, I need to get there. I want to make a bunch of money and all that. But she said, enjoy the journey. Cause it's going to be a long one. And, uh, and now that I look back, 
I started in 2017, uh, late, late that year. But before that, two years before that, I started the wet fly swing blog and it wasn't a podcast then, but I started it because I was kind of learning about things and, you know, online, more online marketing, right? I was, that's kind of where I started. I had my, my first, uh, or my second child was born in uh, 2014. And at that time I was just like, oh wow, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to, you know, get some more, uh, f- uh, cash flow coming in here with the new kids. So, <laughs> so I learned about online marketing, right. And so Pat Flynn was this guy, this guru who I learned from and kind of a mentor and I just started building. And then, you know, come 2015, I started the wet fly swing blog. And then at that time I was listening to podcasts all the time, right? I was kind of addicted to them. And I just set this goal. I said, you know what? In two years, I'm going to start a podcast. I don't know what it's going to be in, but that's my goal. And I just put it out there to the world. And in 2017, later that year, I started the Wet Fly Swing podcast and started interviewing people talking about Steelhead. And I haven't missed a single week in a hundred and however, wherever we're at now. I think we're close. I think we're at 149, 150 right now episodes. Haven't missed a week yet. That's awesome because you're doing it because you love it. Then you find a way to make a living at it. You know what I mean? Like I always find that for me, it's that creative outlet. And and without yep. that, I mean, I don't know. It, it just adds so much to your life. And think of all the contacts, all the connections that you've made over the years. Oh yeah, hmm. yeah. It's been it's been uh, it's been amazing. I mean, I, I again, I will say, and that's why I'm so hot on the podcasting. And actually, started a second podcast that you noted that um, it, it's been. There's no way I could have made all the connections all these people, all the, you know, and monetizing something and fly fishing without, without a podcast. There's no question. So I'm big on it. I'm helping people grow their own podcasts and I'm, I'm going to hope, hopefully get more people in it too at this year, this year. How much Dave have you found that when you talk to guests on the wet fly swing podcast, how much have you found that, okay, these are my people. You know what I mean? It's like, you just have these conversations that go off all different tangents and you can talk for hours. <laughs> It's, it's fun, man. You, you love editing too. You mentioned that. It, that's one of the cool things about podcasting. And I'm actually trying to get some help now. I'm, I've got a virtual assistant. I'm trying to um, kind of uh, get her geared up so she can help with editing and stuff. Because with two podcasts, one was enough work, but with two, I, I just can't do it. So, um, but I love it, man. I love the editing. I love every part of it, right? I mean, that's mm. that's where I knew. And I tried the blog. Like I said, in 2015, I started blogging. For two years, I was blogging. And I'll tell you, after two years, I still hated it. I mean, literally, I didn't like, I'm not a huge writer, you know what I mean? But when I started podcasting, I knew within the first episode that I loved it. So yeah. I've just gone, I've just doubled down and gone all in on it. I know exactly what you mean. The first one, I'm like, my wife laughs at me because every time I come up from my my dungeon downstairs, my fly tying room where I do the show, I'll say that's the best interview I've had yet. And she's like, "You say that every time." <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> "It's like that's awesome. well because I think as as a host of a show, would you agree that you you become better at chatting with people, even though it's just kind of a conversation between friends that have maybe something in common. The interviewing, talk about the art of interviewing somebody because it really is an art yeah. and it takes time. Yeah. Yeah. The art, I mean, it is, it's a skill you develop. I think, well, I will give a shout out again to the, the you know, my, my new, my second podcast, the Outdoors Online Marketing Podcast at uh, outdoorsonline.co. And if you are interested in podcasting, and this is a, a self-promotion obviously, but I had a guest on there, Mark, uh, Eric Newsom. And this guy created the Ted Hour podcast. He created, he was part of Terry Gross. And I mean, all these humongous NPR, right? He was at the beginning of podcasting. And I interviewed him and asked him the same question. And one of the things he said, you can listen to the, it was an hour long show and it's all amazing content. But he said, the number one thing is by far, he's taught all these, the New York Times, all these huge podcasts. He said, you have to be curious. That's it. He said, if you're curious, if you're not curious, he said, don't do it. Don't even think about doing it. If you don't come into it, for, you know, if you're, but if you're curious and when somebody asks a question and you start to think about it and you're not looking at your notes, but you're just curious and they're, you know what I mean? That, that's what it's about. So I always, I had that from the beginning. You know what I mean? Like sure. every guest I interview, I try to think of a focus on show to give, you know, the listeners tips and tricks on fly fishing and stuff like that. But I'm curious just naturally. So I think yeah. that helps. Yeah. hundred percent. If you had to cite a couple of influences on your fly fishing, just hitting the water again here, what who would you look to that's been kind of a mentor or influenced you along the way and and, and learn from? Oh, for just in fly fishing, wow, that's mm. um, 
it's kind of been an interesting story because my dad is the number one, right? Sure. Because he, I didn't know anybody else. Well, I get, I, I guess Jim Teeny. I, I will throw out Jim Teeny. He's been such a big name, and I've, he's been a family friend for for a long time. But I didn't know him that well. And every time I've now that I've done so many podcasts, his name has come up a number of times. And I'm just realizing how amazing of a guy he was and how big of an impact. In fact, one guy called him, um, um, Jason Osborne, who runs the Portland fly shop, called him the Derek Jeter of fly fishing back in the day. You know, he, <laughs> That's a good it, quote. he was, yeah, totally. It was a great quote. And he was on every podcast. He was on every, not every podcast on every magazine cover. I mean, he, <laughs> yeah, was, he was the Derek Jeter of, you know, and that's, and he was an old family friend when I was a kid, when I was a little kid, when I couldn't even wade the stream, I was on my dad's shoulders wading across the Sandy River next to Jim Teeny going to fish for steelhead. You know what I mean? It was like, that was back in the day. So Jim was always kind of a bigger than life guy for me. And um, so definitely those two people are the biggest ones. The funny thing is, is that because my dad was such a big influence, I'd never learned that much from any other gurus. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. all these other people out there, I didn't really... You know, so I learned from my dad. But the thing was, is spay casting is a great example. I never got into spay casting and all that till late because my dad was so against it. <laughs> he was like, He's old school, we, you know, <laughs> old school, single hand cast. We're single hand rod. We're steelhead. It's there's no. He never got into it. And to this day, he's eighty plus years old, and still doesn't do it. But I got into it when I hit the skeena for the first time, and and glad that I'm still. I'm kind of a hack at it, but I can get it out there. So yeah, I mean, as far as other people now, it's been huge, right? My podcast every week, I have a new uh, mentor that I look to. That's well put. There's a lot of truth in that. There's, yeah, yeah, good stuff. So Dave, I want to ask you a few rapid fire questions. I like to kind of get to know my guests a little bit, kind of where you spend your time, what you're doing in your free time. You ready for this? Yeah, let's do it. All right, man. So if you're driving in your truck on the way to the Deschutes or wherever you happen to be going fishing, what are you listening to music-wise? Ooh, ooh, I love the music question. Um, and I was going to, gosh, let's see, who am I listening to? I mean, I always throw out, it, it's it's old school country. I mean, mm-hmm. when I come down, for one thing I have to listen to, if I'm on a fishing trip, by far, it's Merle Haggard. Wow. And, and I will say that Merle Haggard... I love the guy. I guess his, maybe I just learned his background as a family man. Isn't maybe the best, but, uh, I, I love the guy. I love the music. I, you know, Johnny cash is huge. A lot of those people, but yeah, I put on Merle Haggard. I put on uh, footlights and I'm, I'm good to go. One go-to fly pattern for steelhead and your home waters that you just can't live without. Oh, that's, that's an easy one. Uh, the Stewart, named after my uh, uh, Marty Sherman created the pattern for my dad. Um, it's called the Stewart, and it's it's my go-to steelhead pattern. It's from a, the Max Canyon was my dad's uh, famous fly that he created back in the day, but the Stewart is a, a, a variation of that fly. What, describe it. What does it look like? You know, it's simple. It's, uh, it's black. <laughs> you know, it's pretty much black. It's got a... Um, some golden pheasant for the tail. It's very thin, very streamlined. I, I like to fish for summer. I'm talking summer steelhead here. I like to fish really small stuff, you know, streamlined stuff, sparse. So it's mm. size uh, eight, maybe even a size 10, but usually size six or eight. It's sparse. It's got a, a yarn, black yarn body, a gold rib, and it's got a wing of um, black calf tail with a few strands of black crystal flash, a little bit of orange calf tail, black hackle, and that's it. Hmm. That's pretty descriptive. I think I could tie that right now. You could, <laughs> yeah. Favorite place to talk fly fishing. So when you're not on the water, is there a coffee shop, a fly shop, a local pub? Where do you get your fix when you're not in your waders? Oh man, where do I get my fix now? It used to be, it used to be the shop. My dad had a fly shop for years, but um, yeah, that's been, he closed that down quite a while ago. So that, but you know, back in the day, that's where it was. We would be up till two in the morning tying flies at the old coffee shop. Now, man, I don't know if I really, that it's a, it's a, it's a good question. Cause I, I don't think I have, I mean, it, obviously the brew pub. I mean, I do love a good brew pub with my buddies. So if I had to pick one place, it would be that, you know, where, where I talk fishing most. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously a fly shop, you know, I, I, the fly shop is another place. But yeah, it would be a brew pub. Well, you're in a, a great spot for all kinds of micro brews, wineries, great restaurants. Let's talk sports. Um, nice. Where do you get your fix in sports? So are you a Timbers guy? Is it beavers, ducks? 
Where do you get your no. passion? No, no, I'm uh, basketball. Basketball. I'm basketball. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and in fact, the funny thing about sports is when I had my uh, first kid uh, in 2012, I pretty much quit watching TV and pretty much quit watching sports as well because I just didn't have the time. Even though I love it, I play basketball. That was my sport in, you know, in high school and would have played in college if I was good enough. But uh, So, yeah, it's Portland. It's the Trailblazers, man. I'm a Blazers fan, and I love uh, – it's been heartbreaking because they have struggled. Um, but, yeah, Blazers, man, Blazers all, all the time. Good stuff. <laughs> Biggest lesson that you've learned on your fly fishing journey, if you had to kind of – reduce it down to a single takeaway and i realize that's a big question but is there something that always comes up as a common thread for you yes that is an easy one um and this is something i learned from the podcast and my guests and something i was never good at um but uh when you get to the river you know don't just go out and fish but but um kind of take time and look at what's going on right um i'm trying to draw a blank on on the the word that's mm. been used a observation number of times, but Exactly. Observation. Be Just take a break. Don't just jump out there and start casting, but sit down and look at what's going on or even coming into the stream, right? I mean, <clears throat> look what's on the trees. Look what's on your car. Are there bugs flying around? You know what I mean? All that stuff. Slow down. Take time. And so I've never been good at that because I, I'm always so excited. Um, but that's the biggest thing I would say I've learned. That's that's a common, that's a common denominator there is trying to temper that enthusiasm as you're hitting the water because that's the i think that's the biggest shot to any observation skills you have is that just that anxiety that anxiousness to get wet and just start fishing exactly i think we all battle that but i think the older we get it's it's an evolution right and uh like you say you got to start looking around and seeing what's going on it's just sure. going to make you a better fly fisher all around what's the best job you've ever had are you doing it right now, or is it something you've done in the past? The the best job is by far um, the podcasting. You know, I mean, it's it's a, and I've got some sponsors. I got some other stuff. The new podcast, I'm trying to um, just get into some of the monetization there. I think long term, it's going to uh, be bigger. But you know, it's the one thing that is just. You know, every time, probably like you, you get up thinking, okay, who's on this week? Who's going to be the guest? And I get fired up every time, you know, just like today, right? I was excited. I was kind of tired, you know, this morning. But once I got up, I was like, man, I'm excited to talk to Mark because this is going to be, I know it's just going to be a fun chat and and I'm going to be able to edit it and, and go through that whole process and, and kind of, you know how it is. The po I mean, how much time does it take you to, to do your podcast, this one <laughs> podcast, right? It's like four or five. It could be 10 hours. You're, yeah, you're bang on. I try not to think about that too much because uh, you talk about monetization. That's a good way to kind of, uh, I don't know, be more grateful for the day job. But uh, I, I, yeah, no, you're right. I would say I would say four hours, five hours yeah. is probably normal. <clears throat> yep. And do you love the four, I mean, those four hours, every bit of it, is there any part in that process that maybe you don't love that much? You know, the only part I don't love is actually physically uploading it. I love when I start to, but then you got to start writing about it and like the actual recording for it, the editing, getting the show ready. But I, then I find the social media for me, that's work like the social media yeah, and the uploading media. and getting it out there. That's probably my least favorite part. It's funny. I, know. I was going to ask you the same question. What is your least favorite part of podcasting? Yeah, it, it probably, I like the social media for, you know, chatting with people. I think that's where we connect on Instagram, right? On the first time. I, mm -hmm. I love the conversations, but yeah, some of the stuff, uploading the content, trying to, you know, you're trying to build the, the show, right? Always trying to find new listeners. That's the thing. The, the funny thing about the podcasting is people don't realize, but you don't just put the thing out there and then millions of people find it. You've got to do the work to, to create listeners, right? To find listeners. So I, I, it's probably that. Yeah, I think it is the social media. If I had to pick one thing, that's probably the one thing. I think I always said that if I didn't have, you know, kind of a business in this thing, I wouldn't be on social media. You know what I mean? I do. Like, I just, I, I don't think I would. But but since I'm there, I mean, I, I do enjoy it, right? I do enjoy talking to people, but I just don't enjoy the whole thing. Like, okay, I've got to hit Facebook and Instagram and, and the Facebook group and the, you know, all right. this stuff because it feels like, you know, that, that feels a little like work. If I could just talk to people all the time, that'd be different. 
you could probably help me with this question because this is something, Dave, that I struggle with. And now you're doing uh, outdoors online marketing podcast as well. Mm-hmm. I don't believe personally that there's a di- direct correlation from Instagram followers to downloads or Facebook followers to downloads. They seem like different people that are listening in my mind yeah. than people that are commenting on your photos. Am I, do you find that? I agree. Yeah, I think I think what it is is, um, you know, all the social media, that's why building an email list is so important, right? I mean, that's still the number one thing to connect with your people. But I think socials, the people that are on there, they already know your show. And when you post on Instagram, it's just those people you're reminding them like, Hey, okay, here's the show. You know, Mark's got a new episode out. So they click, they might click over and you could see the insights and follow kind of track it there. But, um, yeah, I don't see social. It's kind of weird. It doesn't seem like it's the big growth place, right? I don't think that's where you're getting a ton of new listeners. And I've had, so far, I've had one good Instagram expert on, and we talked about hashtags. And there is a little strategy there, right, to to, to grow it a little bit. But, you know, it's not easy. You know, it's not easy to grow <clears throat> your followers. I'm going to have more of that on as I go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so stay stay tuned on that. But, I, yeah, I don't have a great answer other than to tell you that I, I, I think Instagram and some of those other places, as far as just growing it, I don't think are the best places. Fill in the blank for me. When I'm not fishing, I'm usually doing what? Ooh. Um, when I'm not fishing, I'm usually uh, with, with my kids. Yeah. Out with my kids, uh, probably hiking. Nice. That's that's the other thing I love. I love hiking, and that's, that's it. I, I love the opportunity to kind of flip the mic here and actually ask the host some questions. And I, you, how many kids do you have? Two. Two. And how old are they? Six and eight. Ah, that's a busy house. Yep. <clears throat> right on. Okay, so let's let's kind of switch gears and get back to, to fly fishing, if you don't mind. Um, I always like to ask my guests to kind of describe your perfect day on the water. So paint us a picture. Put your artist hat on, and uh, I assume yes. it's probably on one of your home rivers, but... Without yeah. naming spots, um, walk us through that. Yeah. What are you targeting? You know, is it coffee in the morning? Is it a nice meal at the end of the day? Describe your dream day out there for us, yeah. Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, well, the, the easy one. I mean, I would say a dream day in Mexico, which I think is going to be awesome, or, or whatever the big, you know, future trips coming. But, but, but right now, I mean, I've talked a lot about this on the podcast. I'm, you know, the Deschutes is our kind of big home river and summer steelhead. And like you, it sounds like, you know, you're kind of in the desert. The Deschutes is on the east side of, of the Cascade Range. So it's in the desert as well. And, you know, an August day on the Deschutes, it could be 90, 100 degrees out. And just so waking up in the morning when it's cool, that's the amazing thing, right? You get up before it's even light out. You get your coffee on. You don't even eat a, a full breakfast. You just because you know you're going to have two hours of nice steelhead fishing, fishing some amazing run with a chance to hook into a crazy fish, right? And and so that's it, man. A little bit of coffee, maybe a little bit of a snack, and I'm out there in the cool water with my waders on, swinging for summer steelhead. And uh, and you get done with that, and the sun gets on the water, and you take a little break. You go back to camp. You make a nice breakfast. You hang out for a little bit, um, and then maybe um, you know you go out for a little bit of day daytime fishing. Maybe screw around there a little bit, but pretty much the whole day is kind of just hanging, getting ready for the evening fishing when the sun's off the water. Um, so a lot of times we might make dinner beforehand or make a late dinner, but uh, you fish it again for steelhead in the evening. And by that time, you know it's probably 90, 100 degrees out. You're in your shorts. You're just having a good day get off the water. Hopefully you've had, uh, caught into, you know, hooked into a few steelhead and then, um, that's it, man. Get back to camp, grab a beer, uh, enjoy the evening some chat with the friends and, and get, get to bed early because you're getting up, uh, bright and early the next morning. That sounds pretty good to me. We're chatting today with Dave Stewart out of Portland, Oregon. Dave has the wet fly swing podcast and outdoors online marketing podcast uh, really doing some some cutting edge things with with both shows, and and, and excited to have you on on the program. I, I'm curious from a philosophical point of view, Dave. Is there something you would like to see us do differently uh, as a sport or as a pastime? Is there anything we could do better at with fly fishing? Yeah, that that one is one that uh, 
Man, it's, it's a it's a good one because I had a guest or not a guest, a listener who reached out and I kind of, I think it was in the Facebook group. I said, hey, did anybody have any recommendations for questions to ask a guest? And, and one of them said, um, I can't remember how, it was a little bit different worded than that, but the same thing, you know, what, what would you, you know, how would you change it? And, you know, that's a tough one for me because it seems like, um, <clears throat> it seems like things are pretty good. You know, I think probably the biggest thing, if I had to say one thing, and maybe this isn't the biggest, but the gear thing, right? This has always been a thing. I remember my dad, right? Our fly shop back in the day was a tiny fly shop, you know, probably didn't have enough money to always be getting the best gear, but he, he stuck with a couple of companies and, but you know, every year there was a new rod coming out, a new rod and they had to push it, right? A new rod. And I think it's still kind of the same way. I think there's a lot of every year, these companies, right? Cause they have, mm-hmm. they have to make money and they have a new rod, but there's not all the companies, you know, like you mentioned, uh, echo, who's a, a company down here, they don't come out with a rod every year and they try to, they have their, their line. So I think maybe that with the gear, I think trying to focus more on, and I'll point to Patagonia as a company, right? That some of these companies, uh, you know, you don't have to, whether it's waste or whatever it is, you don't have to come out with a new thing every year. Patagonia, I think, uh, has done a good job at the conservation message. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think it's that, I think there are a lot of, obviously, I think most of the companies in fly fishing are conservation minded and maybe that's not what that, you know, the struggle I'm getting to, but I think th- that topic just generally could be, could be fixed a little bit. Yeah. Uh, well put. Let's talk about your podcast and kind of your day to day and the ins and outs of, of, of running a couple of podcasts. I, I would imagine that's, I mean, I know how time consuming one podcast is. I, I, thought about expanding my horizons to another but i just don't have the time so how has that been impacting you as far as your your day-to-day yeah well it it has not been easy and and, you know and i started the second podcast because i saw you know definitely a need out there and um you know it's kind of the same thing and i wanted to dig more into uh just some of the you know help people with the online marketing stuff right it's it's a struggle for most of us i think it's a struggle for me um but what I've done, the one thing I've started to do is I have actually, actually a virtual assistant who I'm training right now to basically take over some of the editing and some of the the blog posts, some of that stuff. So, and I used a company which I interviewed a person in episode, I think it was episode three. I mean, no, it was actually episode five, but we talked about FreeUp. So FreeUp.net, I believe, is a company that helps you find virtual assistants. And these are people, you know, all over the world, but you know, a lot of them are in the Philippines and they're just amazing people. So, um, that's one way I've, I've managed to decrease some of the stress. So I'm hoping that that'll help. Um, but it is a struggle. I I don't have a good answer for you. Other than that, you you need help. You can't do it. You you can't do it alone. And the struggle is, is that this stuff costs money. So if you're going to get there, you've either got to have money or you've got to, you know, find a way to make money to pay for it. And, um, Mm So yeah, I, I'm not sure if that answered the question. That's kind of the the help is where I'm going. Are you a Lipson guy, or who who hosts your uh, yeah. your your podcast? Yeah, Lipson, Lipson all the way. I started out. Um, yeah, I had a big struggle story on my start, but once I found Lipson, I interviewed the um, the head guy at Lipson. Um, um, let's see, I'm trying to think of what episode. Uh, Rob Walsh, I think it was episode seven, mm-hmm. and he is just a cool guy, a straightforward guy that. Um, you know, talks about podcasting. So yeah, I love lips. There's uh, some other companies out there. I've also interviewed the founder of Captivate, which is a UK based company. Um, I interviewed, um, Oh, who is the other big one? Oh, it's not out yet, but Kevin, the founder of, um, Buzzsprout, which Mm -hmm. is another one. If I had to recommend another one, it would probably be Buzzsprout because I've heard a lot of good things, but I would say there's probably, I don't know, at least half a dozen great host i think lipson's the biggest one and i think that they've they're the oldest so I, and they've been great for me well, it was funny when i started i mean i didn't know how to get out there on a platform and i just started youtubing and, and trying to figure it out i, I ended up uh with soundcloud and oh, they've yeah. been great I, I, yeah. I can't say enough good things about them but um it's hard to know, right? I mean, it's, yeah. you know, you're putting a lot of data out there. So, you know, you're going to be paying monthly and you got to find, maybe talk about that a little bit. What was that process like coming to find Libsyn or coming to find the right host for your, for your show? 
Yeah, it, well, it was super easy for me, and this just goes back to why Rob, I love the guy, and it's funny in the episode, you know, I call him, I call him a little bit snarky, but once you, once you get past the snarky, this snarky thing, you realize that he just wants you to succeed, and that's what's amazing. But so what happened was I was self-hosting on my, I didn't even know either, right? Same thing, I was self-hosting on my website, and my entire website went down one day. And I was like, what? Because I started the podcast. And that's the thing about podcasting is you can't self-host because there's just too much data coming through. And your your actual website host, which was, um, I don't use them anymore, but um, MailChimp, or not MailChimp, um, um, HostGator, right? I've switched yep. from HostGator. I have an actual, I use Flywheel now, which is way, definitely recommend Flywheel. But um, they went down, man. And, and I reached out to Rob. I think so. I found Rob. I was like, dude, Rob, I'm struggling here. And he said, okay, here's what you need to do. And I signed up that day to Lipson. And ever since then, you know, it's been great service. Um, they, they've got a great a resource. They have a podcast, The Feed, which is which is I listen to is a good one. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's the story there. That's something I want to ask you. Um, fly fishing aside, or maybe not, what do you listen to when you're listening? Because I know you're a podcast junkie, as am I. Oh, yeah. As am I. Uh, I got a 45-minute-plus commute each way yep. every day, and I so I'm always looking for that hour-long podcast to kind of kill the time. What's your go-tos in podcasts? What would you recommend people listen to? All right, I'm going to pull it up right now. I love this, this one because I'm just going to show you my episodes right now in the queue. So here you go. I'm just going to give you the top. And some of these, actually, I should probably delete because I haven't listened to all of them. But um, I'll just give you the top, some of them here. So just the newest ones. I've got um, Marketing School. <laughs> so I have a lot of marketing podcasts, right? That's Neil Patel. If you haven't heard of Neil Patel, he's kind of, I think, maybe he's not perfect for everyone, but he's probably the biggest SEO guru. Um, as I'm looking, this is booting up The Daily, right? The New York Times podcast. They do a, you know their show. I've got... Um, haven't listened to this lately, but I got the daily show. Um, mm-hmm. I've got side hustle school. I've got how I built this fresh air. Um, I've got a couple of other marketing podcasts cause I'm connecting with other new, new kind of marketing podcasters. I've got, um, you know, uh, NPR politics. I've got uh, Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. Um, as you can see, there's not a lot of fly fishing podcasts in there, right? Yeah. Uh, I got the, uh, because you know, I do have the Fly Fishing Insider podcast that just popped up, but that's because I think, like you, I don't listen to a lot of um, fly fishing podcasts because I try to, to let my show kind of be to do its own thing, to be unique. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure where I heard that, but somebody mentioned that to me, and you, I think you're on the same track. So, so that's a little bit of what I what I'm listening to. It's probably a lot of. Uh, I also do audiobooks, so that's one thing I try to mix it up if I if I ever get burned out on the podcast, which you know, happens sometimes I go to audiobooks mm-hmm. and, um, I'll just give you, I'll just give you one book. This is a good one. Uh, I, this is a new book I've been listening to and I don't listen. I usually listen to more, more self-help, uh, self-help, but station 11, if you want to hear, we're in this COVID thing right now. If you want to read a good book, an audio book about what we're in right now, and this is actually the collapse of civilization and that whole thing. Uh, I've been listening to station 11, which is a crazy book. Hmm. Sounds interesting. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't get enough of podcasts. I like This American Life is one I, I listen to a lot. Oh, yeah. They always have, the production level is just, well, it's next level. But, yeah, there's yep. it's there's so many, the thing I love about podcasts that I never, ever have been able to capture before is you can, let's say you're into fly fishing, not only can you find out about fly fishing, you can find out about fly fishing, the Deschutes River for Steelhead in August with the, you know what I mean? You can really yep. hone it. I've got in. an episode. I've got two, I've got two, <laughs> I've got one episode where the guy tells the top five tips to catch summer steelhead on the Deschutes in the daytime. Like, <laughs> if Right. Yeah. And if you search that right now, you'll find that if you search for that, you'll find that podcast. Well, think how, how old are you? Uh, I am uh, 45. Okay. So we're, we're fairly close in age. Yeah. But think back to when we were young kids, if you wanted to find yeah. out some information on anything, you just couldn't YouTube it. You have to go to the darn library and, and, and you'd be lucky if you got like one, one millionth of the information yep. you could get now, if you just Google fly fishing. Totally. It's talk about how that has changed. Like, and how has it changed fly fishing for you? 
Man, well, it's interesting. It kind of goes back to that question I, you know, we talked about a little bit. But with my dad, I always had this crazy resource, right? I had this guy who his business, he supported a family of five with a, a, a fly shop and a guiding business. So, you know, and I had the fly shop. I had the greatest resource you could imagine, right? I used to work in the fly shop since I was a little kid tying flies, probably since I was, you know, whatever, five, six, seven, eight. So I was always around it. So I always had that resource. And that's kind of the struggle is that because I had that, I didn't reach out. And I, if I didn't have it, I probably would have read more books about it. You know, it would have been a different journey for me. But pretty much until I was 19, you know what I mean? Like in that range, it was all it was all my dad all around the fly shop. That's all the questions. But once I hit maybe that the 20s, then, you know, I met some people in, <clears throat> in college that actually there was a fly shop in our local college where, you know, we connected with them. So it was probably the local fly shop. I guess that's the answer. Mm-hmm. I, I always, we, you know, I think that's the great, that's the great answer is that even now, even now we have all this online resource, we have all these great things going on and I'm creating a thing you are, but we should still be telling people go to your fly shop first. Yeah. Right. Go to the local, because if we lose the local fly shops, we lose, uh, I mean, kind of lose fly fishing. Right. I agree a hundred percent. And I think that's, the biggest gap for me personally right now there's so much information people are inundated with information but just because you read something or you see something doesn't mean you know it you have to go do it so and that's what i hope we never lose in fly fishing is you need to go into the shop and get the word face to face you need to hit the water to learn you can learn a little bit online and you can you can be a, I call them fact checkers. It's like, well, no, this isn't true. This is a, it's like, well, have you done it? <laughs> Just get out and do it. Right. And sometimes yeah, I think we miss that a little exactly. bit. We do. You, and that's spot on because I've had a number of people talk about that, right. Where you, they, it's like spay lines, for example, it, you can get overloaded. You can go online right now and read about spay lines and read about this and that and all these lines and just be like, Oh my God, my head's exploding. There's so many lines, but, or you can listen to episode, uh, you know, <laughs> Marty and me, uh, I had them on, they talked about spay lines and Marty, who's a guide basically said, you know what? It, it's not, it's not that difficult. Just go out, get a skagit line, you know, get a, a rod, you know, get, it's very big, get a 13 foot rod and just go out and cast, you know, you don't have to, you don't, it's not rocket science. How important is data to you as far as tracking your podcast downloads listens um are you a guy that's constantly looking at that i am and i try it's almost to a fault yeah me too you know what i mean i yeah i try to 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 get away from it but you know i mean it's funny because i watched my podcast since 2017 grow right and and podcast growth is steady you know hopefully it's a steady it's not a it's not like a hockey stick growth typically um you know it's slow growth but now i've built a a crazy amount more more downloads per episode than i ever thought probably i would have Uh, i'm still not joe rogan right i'm not i'm not making 200 million um (laughs) selling the show but um but it's still growing right it's still growing if i look right now it's still growing and in some weeks it grows faster when i do more outreach um, but now that I'm doing a new podcast, I'm right back to square zero, right? Square right. one. I'm at the very start. And it's the same thing. I'm looking at my growth now saying, oh my God, okay, I need to go out every day and build this podcast. Even though I hear from people that listen to it every week and they love it, I, I still need to find new people. So I do track lips and obviously I look at that. Um, but there's other metrics you can look at. Um, I mean, I think just how, you know, how many, emails or messages do you get from people or people, you know, look at reviews, right? Mm-hmm. Look at your, your reviews. How, how are you getting, you know, I heard this great thing about one star reviews, right? When you get those one star reviews, oh man, they, they it's like somebody just jabbed you in the back with a knife. <laughs> yeah. But, but what I was told, here's the good thing. One of my guests on the outdoors online podcast, he said, you know what, you know, you've made it when you get that one star review, <laughs> because that, that lets you know that, you know, that there's enough people listening that there's those people out because you're going to get haters and you know what I mean? Your show isn't perfect for everyone and that's great. That's what you want. That's in your email is a good example. When people unsubscribe from your email list, you shouldn't be thinking, Oh my God, this is terrible. You should be thinking that wasn't my person. It's great. They unsubscribed. I want, I want my people, my crew in here. Yeah. That's I like the way you're, you're putting that for sure. I don't know about you, but I, a lot of times I'm always looking for new countries. So it's like, oh, they got a download in uh, Kenya today. We got a download in, oh, right. you know, I, I really, really enjoy, and I don't know what Lipson's like for tracking um, stats, but SoundCloud. Who do you SoundCloud, use? SoundCloud. It's 
Oh yeah, SoundCloud. Phenomenal. Right. Like I, I can go today and I can tell you every city that downloaded today, and it's in real time, pretty much. You know, it's maybe slightly delayed, but it's, um, of course, it's in Berlin, so it's German time. So they're always, you know, it's it jumps to the next right. day. Uh, we're out in the West Coast here, so um, but it's for me, I I find it fascinating. It'll tell you which which episodes people are listening to, what countries. Uh, That's if they cool. follow you on SoundCloud, like their profile comes do, up. Do you? Do you swear or do you uh, ever swear or do you beep out your cussing or any of that? I I have any? taken everything out except it's funny you ask that question. I can't tell you how time sensitive that is because I'm, I, I've got this interview with Lonnie Waller coming out this week and I'm just like, I am not going to edit this. I have to let it be because I, I think it captures the person's personality. Like just at F-bombs well, for F-bombs sake, I don't, but if it's part of, I mean, it, he's yeah. dying in a plane crash. Sometimes there are oh. no words. Yeah. I I had this conversation with April Voki when I had her on, and she uh, basically said, yeah, leave it in because you want to hear it. And I, and I do agree. The thing, and I think this is still the case, the thing you got to realize, if you have just one cuss word and you put explicit on your podcast episode for just that one, there's something like, I can't remember exactly, but I think it's like 100 million people or a, a ton of countries that just instantly cut you out of you're gone you're not in the feed anymore in that country interesting yeah so it's it's literally hundreds of millions of people it's it's a ton of people but the countries are are kind of the i don't know what they are right they're southeast asia they're probably countries that maybe you don't care about but that's just something to think about right but if i okay so i'm just i'll give you an example so i'm going into uh it's called pulse is what it's called but it'll actually go through and tell me today now, and I don't know what a good download day for you is. It's probably a heck of a lot more than me. Hold on a second. It's updating. But Yeah. Um, for instance, uh, this week, 678 downloads, um, yep. which is not a lot. But it's like we're also dealing with a niche. So 449 from the States, 178 from Canada, 12 from the UK. It goes through the cities, and you can go through uh individual cities and see kind of where your little hot spots are i find Pens pennsylvania yep. for me is huge i'm sure it is for you too um oh yeah california yep. i mean any any states where i mean alaska um, um colorado is huge yeah but yeah. i do find it fascinating yeah colorado watching those stats do you, you could probably tell me this what's the most downloads yeah. you've had in one day uh you know so i've had um God, what is my most? In, I, well, let's see. I guess I could look at it real quick. Um, I, April Voki, way back in the day, I get about um, now, and this is amazing for me. Like I said, I mean, I, my goal is always to hit five thousand downloads per episode, and that's after, you know, four to six weeks. Four to six weeks, right? And yeah, and uh, that's a lot. I I'm not. Yeah, it's a it's it's a lot, especially in our nation. I haven't got there, but I'm at I'm over. You know, I'm in the two thousand downloads per episode range. That's great now, which is. Yeah, so I'm getting about um, I'm getting about thirty thousand downloads per month. That's really that's so, solid. I mean, those are good numbers. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's the crazy, and it is. I know it's good, and I know there's other uh, podcasts in the fly fishing. I'm not sure. I know Greg uh, Keenan and I we we were you know talking there, staying in touch. Um, on I can't remember where he's at, but just for example, I'm just looking. So the cool thing about Lipson is now I have. Um, two podcasts so i'll switch over to my other one to wet fly swing and and right now i can tell you my biggest one this is one day and right now for june i'm almost i'm at 29 i'm at twenty eight thousand nine hundred seventy three right now for june and what do we got a couple more that's days awesome. right yeah so i'm gonna hit break thirty thousand, and that's kind of where i've been i'm at 400 i'm i'm at 484 all time 484 thousand yeah, downloads so, but i mean you've been doing this for a while and that's that shows yeah, you how long time. Like, and I would imagine starting the new podcast, the Outdoors Online Marketing Podcast. You can kind of watch that yep. in its infancy and go how. But once it starts growing, you kind of hit a tipping it's, point there. Well, it, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. Right now, starting this new podcast is just as hard as the first one. It might even be harder because I'm in a harder, I'm in a more competitive yeah. niche. I'm in the Right. I'm in the online marketing. I'm in a I'm in a crazy huge niche. And I'm finding that even though I think the content is it is good. Right. I mean, it's people are loving it. I'm hearing feedback, but it's still a slow growth. 
But uh, to answer your question, 2,500 uh, just last week. But no, it's it, it, Mark, I think it's a, it's a, the whole numbers thing again. And here's why the numbers, you could throw out numbers, right? You could throw out 5,000, 10,000, 100. But here's the cool thing that Captivate Mark, who is the founder mm-hmm. of Captivate, he told me that he has, he runs a, a hosting company, right? He said he's got multiple six figure uh, companies that have less than a thousand downloads, um, you know, yeah. per episode. Yeah. So what I mean? So it doesn't matter. So if you're thinking, it doesn't matter if you, it, the whole thing really is how, how uh, focused are your listeners, right? I mean, how targeted or well, whatever. I, I don't know if you said it or someone else said it on your show, but I heard it on your show. Somebody said the riches are in the niches. I love that quote. That's a great quote. And it's very true. Uh, that's, uh, that's Pat. Flynn. I love to give, give a shout out to Pat Flynn because he's kind of been my, my online marketing mentor. And, uh, that was, I think that was his quote. Yeah. It's a great quote. And I, I think it's very true. And I can see why starting a new podcast now, there's so many podcasts, right? It's a very competitive space. There's no doubt, but, uh, I, I guarantee you're going to do great things with that. And I, I look forward to, uh, for tuning into both, both of them more, especially the, the new one interests me a lot because I know I love it. I, I suck at social media. I know that. Yep. I, I, we all do. I don't even I get this. I don't even have an email list. Okay. So totally. I don't have one. I just, I do the show. It's all time consuming for me right yeah. now, but I know that once I get my button gear and try and finally figure out, I can't even figure out how to change my logo on iTunes. Yeah. It's driving me nuts. It come, I know. <laughs> well, that's why Mark, you, you're the reason why I created the new podcast. You know what I mean? You, my target audience is fly fishing brands, you know, which you are, you have a fly fishing podcast who want to grow their online influence, which basically means they want to get better at social media and marketing, mm-hmm. right? That you, you are my target. You are my target audience. Well, that's good to know. I'm going to be calling you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, I love it. I love the calls. That's how I, that's how I'm building the content right now. I'm doing coaching calls with people every week and saying, okay, 20 minutes or whatever, 15, 20 minutes, just let's talk about your struggles. And then I go on the show and then I get these gurus on and I say, okay, you made a a gazillion dollars online on Facebook. Here's a company who has a fly fishing and it's been a lot of fun because we just, we're talking about it. Like we're like bringing fly fishing. It's the yin and yang. That's the logo is white and black. Mm -hmm. It's like bringing fly fishing together, the outdoors with the online two kind of direct opposites almost. How much, in your opinion, of, of all the success, if you want to try and start to measure it, is timing? How important is timing is when you're getting into these, you know, yeah. these different forms of media? Yep. Yep. I think, you know, again, I love to go back to my shows, my podcast, because it's I'm talking to the guys who have been there. And Nick Loper, who has the side, uh, the side hustle show, he's been podcasting since 2013. He's built this crazy business with a podcast, all on his podcast. And I kind of asked him the same question. And what he said was, you know what? Back in 2013, when he started it, it felt busy then. He was like, oh my God, how am I going to compete with all these podcasts? Even though now we look back at it and think. So I think it's going to be the same thing right now. I think in five years, people are going to start be starting a podcast and they're going to be like, oh my God, how do I start a podcast? You've got the the fly fishing, you know, 97 podcast that's been out for five years. How am I going to compete? Mm-hmm. But I think you can always compete. And here's the reason why you can always compete. Because you don't need uh, a million people to do this, right? Um, I love to throw one of my other favorite um, blog posts I love to throw out there is uh, A Thousand True Fans. And it's Kevin Kelly way back in the day in whatever it was, 2010, he wrote this blog post that says, you don't need uh, a million people to make it online. You just need a thousand true fans. And those are the people, think about it, right, that share your stuff. And if they all bought your product, which was $100 or whatever it is, what does that add up to? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Because I, I look at Instagram is a good a good space to kind of look at that. So if you got in on the ground floor at Instagram, you got a lot of followers. And if you if you didn't and you started buying followers, those aren't real. No. They're not, like you said, they're not part of your culture. They're not fans. They're just somebody liking something randomly, which doesn't mean jack. Exactly. It's just trying to, it's trying to find those true fans, isn't it? And I think that's... um. I love that quote. You said it, the riches are in the niches from, from your, your guru there. That's good stuff. And if that's exactly. along the lines you're going with this podcast, I'm stoked to listen to it. And Yeah, yeah, Mark. I was just going to say one more, one more plug here because I think it's another great quote. Um, I asked John Lee Dumas just to throw out one more on, on episode four. 
and he's the guru. He's the ultimate entrepreneurs on fire. And, and I asked him what he thought about my new niche, the new podcast. I said, okay, I'm bringing together fly fishing podcast or fly fishing companies, businesses, whatever brands and to help them grow their online influence. And I said, is that niche down enough? Because he's the ultimate niches in the richest guy. And he said, here's how, you know, you're in the right, uh, you you've niched down enough. And he said, if you look around you, you've got your niche and you look around you and you see nobody else in that niche, <laughs> then you know you're good. And he also said, if you look around and in that niche, you you can smoke everybody else that's in that niche, then you know you're good. And and if you look at my podcast, Outdoors Online Marketing Podcast, is there anybody else doing it? I th- there there may be one other person that has a podcast, I think. Um, right. But I think that's it. Yeah, no, I think I think you're combining a lot of things. Think how many outdoor podcasts in general there are. That's a lot of people needing a lot of help. Yep. Yep. I love it. Expanding your horizons, that's good stuff. Dave, thanks so much for coming on the show today, chatting all about your both your podcast, your fly fishing history, and just sharing the passion and taking the time. I really appreciate it. Hey, thank, thanks, Mark. I just want to give a one shout out. I'm going to put a, a link at wetflyswing.com slash nine seven. Just, uh, I want to put a, just a, I'm not sure what I'll have there, but I'll probably just have at least nothing else. A couple links to the shows. If people want to check them out, they can go to, you know, wherever, uh, Apple or whatever to find them. But uh, if I can come up with something good, a little nugget, like a freebie, I'll try to put that there. But as you know, it's a, it's, it's a struggle, but I'll do my best. And just so uh, fans of both podcasts realize this, Dave and I did a, a swap here. So uh, he interviewed me for his show and and then i interviewed him obviously on my show so um take a listen to both check out the wet fly swing podcast up to some good things an outdoors online marketing podcast dave stewart from portland oregon thanks again my friend thanks mark appreciate it the fly fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com thank you for listening to the fly fishing 97 podcast your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water. Mm-hmm.